You are listening to List It, a show where me and a guest rank and list things in pop culture. The whole construct of this show is we find things that are actually fun to argue about. And uh, the, today's today's topic is one I'm very excited about. Um, uh, but before I, I introduce the topic, I want to introduce my guest. He, he's a good buddy of mine. We've known each other for a really long time. Uh, and you've probably seen his work. If you picked up a any any reputable music magazine in the last decade or so. Or irreputable. I'm sh- <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially those weird e-zines that you find <laughs> that you are familiar with his work. It is my good buddy Andy Barron. Andy, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. So, so Andy is making time for us, uh, but he he's pretty busy right now because you are a photographer for one of the the coolest artists in music who just happened to release an incredible new album, Chris Stapleton. Yeah. Uh, Andy, we were ta- we were just talking offline about, uh, you know, kind of being a music photographer in kind of 2020 and the mm-hmm. challenges it's presented. Um, but, you've, you know, Chris Stapleton's out there promoting an album. Well, you know, he's, he's going to be on, you know, the, the, the day we recorded this, that evening he was on Colbert. What's life like as a photographer, especially one who's done a lot of tour work in 2020? That is a great question, which I'm still trying to figure out. Um, it's it's weird because I like I love taking pictures and um, especially at shows. Like I I I think I can take photos in many situations, oh, de- decently. But like I just love yeah. live. Like that's my favorite thing. Um, so I think I just miss it. Like I just miss like the I love yeah. going to shows. I mean that's why I got into this. And so like I just miss I miss shows overall like just going yeah, to too. shows um yeah and even like i was thinking back like all the shows we had this year like chris was going to open for foo fighters on july 4th at, oh, at rfk man. like in your in your area yeah yeah um so that just would have been awesome but just like other shows like he was going to headline uh wrigley field this year um uh, so there's just like a lot of stuff that like i just am bummed that like i won't get to do and like yeah. go travel with my my friends and like go not go get to go do these things but I mean, they're still, they're still the best and they still keep me busy and, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, look, I I think the the thing that everyone's banking on is there is a light on the horizon and an end to the quarantine. Hopefully. Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully, hopefully people get this vaccine and the next, and when it's available in the next couple months and 2021 is like an old school summer. I mean, remember what it, so. Oh my gosh, this is going to be, it's going to be the, like, when you when you had that last day of school and you just left and it was like, right when like the first day of summer, it's just like, everyone is just like, no cares in the world. I'm going to like people that I don't even like, I'm going to hug. I'm just going to be like, man, yeah, give me that. Come on, bring it <laughs> in. Bring it in. <laughs> that, that, it, I'm, yeah. There's going to be no handshaking no, no, no. in 2021. It's all hugs. All hugs. It's a, I'm, I'm thinking about bringing in cheek kissing, you know, like Let's my relatives that live in the Northeast, yeah. you know, that, that, hey, let's it. just celebrate being back. I love it. And, and Andy, you mentioned your your love of shows. Mm-hmm. I too have a love of going to concerts, yeah. uh, small shows, uh, festivals. I, you and I spent a tremendous amount of our adult lives going to these type of things. Right. You as a photographer, I was, uh, you know, uh, worked a lot in music journalism. So when we were talking about, I even ran uh, into uh, you a few times at Lollapalooza. I think over the years, yeah, yeah. 
By the way, how this is the first summer in probably I think six or seven years that I haven't gone to Lollapalooza in Chicago and, and uh, South by I didn't go to yeah. all the big ones that, that that you go to and you run into yeah. all your buds. Is that been weird? Okay, before we jump into the topic, is that been weird too? Because I got to imagine I've spent enough time going to concerts and festivals, especially like tours mm-hmm. and things where that is a cool kind of like social event because you see people that you only see once a year or sort of like in the media area yeah. or backstage at a festival. What's that been like trying to keep up with, with the, the crew that, that you usually have out there? Yeah. It's, it's like a weird reunion where you get like, if you're like backstage, yeah. um, kind of like seeing, cause like you obviously like different bands and like having friends who work with different bands or tour with different bands and stuff. Like everyone, even if you live in the same town, like you don't really see each other a whole lot. Yeah. So it's like, you'll run yeah. into each other at these festivals and it's, yeah, it's this weird, like, well, what have you been up to? Like, where, like, even though you kind of know what people have been up to, cause like, if you follow them like on social media or something, you like, you kind of keep up, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's been weird, uh, just not getting to kind of have that like communal, uh, love yeah. of music, which is, I think kind of why I got into what I'm doing right now and kind of got into yeah. why I suggested we should do this for the movies, music movies. Well, and that's why I'm so excited about the topic because I feel like we're going to get to call that a segue. Yeah, that is in the biz, and that in the biz is what you call the business. (laughs) I didn't even mean to do that. I was just, I legit was just excited (laughs) about it. (laughs) A master stroke, right there. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, because we were texting about uh, what what topics and what we ultimately landed on. I think it's something to be fun for both of us because Mm -hmm. because of our history uh, at going to music festivals, hanging out at music festivals, uh, we've decided to do our. Each of us are going to present our top five favorite movies that are are music movies so so kind of mm-hmm. based in the world of music now uh andy i have a gut f- so for people who haven't <laughs> listened before you had this how it works the guest goes first and they start at the bottom of the list number five and then we alternate if we happen to have one that is a crossover we just stop mm-hmm. where we are and we both talk about that till we get to yeah. our number one now yeah. I have a couple of predictions that we're going to have some crossover here when you were putting together this list, it, because I feel yeah. like this happens. Obviously I, pre- I do a lot of these shows. And so every time I start preparing, I'm like, man, I forgot how many great movies they are that are based in the world of music. What Andy, before we jump into the list, what are some kind of honorable mentions that, that Ooh. didn't quite, that were on the bubble for you? Okay. On the bubble. Um, it was funny when, when we were doing this or when we were texting back and forth, I legitimately had five immediately. I'm like, these yeah. are my five, like yeah. immediately came, came into my brain. And then it was the other ones that kind of like trickled in. I'm like, Oh dang it. That needs to be in there too. And then like talking to Roxy, my wife, like I, I mentioned this and then she was like, Oh, what about this? And I'm like, Oh man, that's gotta be in there too. But I, yeah. I already had the five that came. So I'm yeah. like, I'm going with my gut. Cause these are my, okay. my five. Yeah. But then like, even like talking to friends and stuff, I was just, there were so many, um, some of the honorable mentions, I'm like shocked that this did not make my list, but that thing you do. Dude, that one, I, that was a bubble of mine too. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? It made my criteria because my criteria yes. was this has to be a movie that if, if it's on like Netflix or you stumble mm-hmm. on or you, you go to somebody's house and they have it on that you want to sit down and watch. That mm-hmm. thing you do hits all those notes because it's fun to watch. It has something to say about the music industry, but it's not heavy. Yeah. Like Walk the Line was on my bubble too, mm-hmm. but Walk the Line isn't, I'm never like in the mood to watch Walk the Line. You right. know what I mean? Like it's a great it's, movie. It's, yeah. But, 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 but that thing you do, who's never not in the mood to watch totally. that? Totally. You know? Yeah, exactly. And like, I think one of the other criteria is 
um, that I kind of thought about after the fact, once I looked at my list is like all the songs that all of these movies are like good songs. Yeah. And like, yeah. like in that, that thing you do, especially like all those songs are so good. Like you could put that thing you do on right now. And I'm like, Oh yeah, the song rules. Like, yeah, it's I a banger. love this song. Yeah. Um, okay. What's another one? Sound of music was in my bubble. There you go. And cause I think I, my dad, um, that's like his favorite movie and like yeah. would watch it all the time. Um, and I think it finally like clicked. Cause I was always like, that's like my dad's movie. He likes to watch it. And then finally, I think it just clicked. I'm like, Oh, this movie's really good. Yeah. And like the songs are really good. It's like a beautifully shot movie. Um, and so yeah, that one was in my bubble just cause, because it's like kind of like one of the quintessential music movies, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in addition to the music in the movie being good music, because there are, there are like music films where the story is good, but like the, the representation of the music is kind of a little weird. Like, I think yeah. kind of the, I think that's a problem with some of the modern biopics like Bohemian mm. Rhapsody or uh, Rocket Man. It's like, look, man, those are great movies, but I don't know. The music just felt the presentation, the music in both those, I felt like were a little awkward, you know, because you have the actor channeling the person, but not really channeling the musicianship. Like, you know, but uh, what are some other key elements that you feel like if it's a good movie about music that that the movie's got to have in addition to like really great representation of the music itself? Well, I think, I think the other thing too is like, um, for different categories of music movies too, because so, so I think along with like the music being good, like I just want it to be like an interesting story. Yeah. So yeah. like in my brain, I was thinking a lot of like music documentaries that I like too. Oh, I got a couple um, on my, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, the, oh gosh, I'm looking at my list. Oh yeah. The, the couple that came to mind that I really enjoyed were the, um, shut up and play the hits, the LCD sound system yep, one. Yep. Yeah, um, Chuck Klosterman to, is great in that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to break your heart. Wilco documentary, mm-hmm. love that one. Um, and then also Twenty Feet from Stardom, I thought was such a great movie. Oh. I mean, it won the Oscar for best documentary, but it's just such an interesting story. And like being fortunate enough to kind of be in the music industry and kind of hear crazy stories about like things that happen on tour and like stuff like that. Like just the fact that there are so many more stories that are like. Uh, interesting to hear and to for someone to tell like um, I just I will I will never get tired of watching like random music documentaries like yeah. that's like I will always be like oh yep no I'm in yeah, that sounds great <laughs> yeah and there's like Echo in the Canyon was a recent one uh, yeah. uh, Beyonce's Homecoming that might be on mm-hmm. uh, that you know those are fantastic music documentaries mm-hmm. but the other thing about music uh, films is they're also great for mockumentaries because they a lot, are and, and I have a mockumentary on my list which I as I, do I, I. I, I we, it may be the same one but like mm-hmm. the two that were kind of on my bubble that I really love that I feel like do a great job of not only finding things to send up about the music industry, not necessarily the music itself, but the music industry, as well as the music documentary is, is most recently pop star, the, the mm-hmm. lonely Island movie, never stop, never stopping kind of yeah. sending up like Bieber era pop music. Yes. And then, uh, Christopher guess a mighty wind, which, mm-hmm. uh, is sort of a, uh, it's sort of a deep cut, especially in the Christopher guest catalog, but yeah. it's really funny. Just the, the whole idea of songwriters, so many songwriters are so uncomfortable expressing themselves outside of the song <laughs> that it makes yeah. it right for mockumentary, you know? Yeah, totally. And uh, 
Funny you should say that because that is actually my number five is a mighty oh. wind. Oh, okay. All right. Let's jump in. Is that too early? Before. Sorry. No, no, I- no. I want to jump in. I have one more question for you before we jump in yeah. the list. And, and, and I want to hear a mighty wind take. Um, and I even, I even brought visual aids, which is not going to be no good for anyone listening to this, but for you, okay. I exactly. brought this just, hey, just, so, so, just so to before- do it. Before we jump into Mighty Wind, I have a question about a movie that was on my bubble that I've seen that people are pretty polarized about. It's a movie that came out in 2020, a, a yeah. year that we didn't have a lot of traditional releases. Oh, this I one, feel like I know what this is, and I just watched it. it it's it's uh, Eurovision starring oh my uh, Rachel gosh, McCallum I and loved Will it Ferrell. so much. Me too, dude. <laughs> I it loved was, it. Like The song at the end, legitimately, I got kind of emotional listening to it. Uh, and it's again, I blame Sigaros because they were involved in this yep, movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like... I loved it. I thought it was incredible. Like it was so stupid, but it was, it was such a fun movie and like the music was great. And like, I legit loved that movie. <laughs> it was on my, it's on my list. I like my short list. Yeah. Dude, it, it's, it's one of my, uh, you know, I've seen it so many times. I have young kids and they even will, wa- well, mm. they'll watch the like scenes because there's some that are <laughs> in, inappropriate like, oh, for children, <laughs> but yeah. it, it's super funny. It's great music. Will Ferrell is, is Larry Sanders. For those who, who are unacquainted, it's about the Eurovision song contest, which is essentially uh, for the, the, the best analog is sort of like an American idol for all European countries. And it follows this uh, hapless Icelandic duo uh, portrayed by Will Ferrell, Rachel McAdams, but it doesn't take itself too seriously. It's got some real heart and the music's mm-hmm. fantastic. It's so music's great, great. You know? Yeah. No, I, I just, my, uh, my wife and, and her sister, she's in town like for the holidays. and We just sat down and we realized we hadn't seen it. Or I think, uh, Lana saw it, but me and Roxy hadn't seen it yet. And we were just dying laughing. Like I, it yeah. was like exactly the type of movie we wanted to watch. We're like, oh, let's just watch something like silly and fun. And yeah. we saw that on there and, and, um, I'm so glad I got to watch it before this podcast because I was like, oh, I definitely have to put that on my list. Yeah, you know, I'm going to play a clip. my short list. I- I'm going to play a clip of the song you referenced, Husavik, which appears uh, kind of at a really critical part of the movie. All right, all right, Andy. So, uh, number five on your list, Christopher Guest, uh, one of his later movies, Christopher Guest, the 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 world renowned mockumentarian yes. and an improv comedian. Uh, yeah. His film, A Mighty Wind, about Mighty Wind. the folk music community. Andy, mm-hmm. why? Because look, man, five—that's a tight list. Tell me how. Tell me what brought Mighty Wind from the bubble onto the list. It. Um, I mean, I feel like the immediate Christopher Guest music movie is Spinal Tap. And I bet that's on your list. It's totally and on my list. It's we'll totally on your yeah. list. And so I like, but I think I, I actually think I saw a mighty wind first before okay. Spinal Tap. Yeah. Um, and so I think for whatever reason that just like clicked with me. And I think so much so that, and I also realized this after the fact that all of my picks, I actually have a wonderful vinyl representation of. Oh, wow. So Look at that. I'm, I'm holding up to Jesse my my copy of the Mighty Wind soundtrack on vinyl. Yeah. Um, and I, I realized that after the fact, too, when I looked at the list, I'm like, I think I have all of these, like the soundtrack, like on vinyl, just because I'm that guy that has an entire room of vinyl in my house. 
So yeah, so I just brought these as a visual aid for only Jesse because <laughs> this isn't being recorded for <laughs> hey, video. But, hey, but, but it, it really shows. That's how much, really that's how much I like this. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how committed I am to music and movies and how much I love it. But this one, I think there's so many lines in that movie that I legit think of like on the regular. Like yeah. there's so many times where I'll be in the kitchen like cooking dinner or something and my brain just immediately goes to well, there's a puppy in a pot of mosquito stuff. It's just like, I don't know why I like know all these words. Yeah. And so like, even like I was thinking about it last night. And so I, I put the movie on again, just because so, it'd been like a year or two, I think since I've seen it. And so I put it on and there's just like so many lines in that movie that get me, even though I, the dozens of times I've seen that movie, like there's so many lines in it that just like kill me and just like get me like laughing. And I think, it, it is obviously such like a silly representation yeah. of like the music industry, but it's even almost that like, obviously it's like the folk world, but it's kind of like the NPR folk, yeah. like, like trying to be like cool and very like self-referencing and like very, it's very important, you know? And like, yeah. we're doing this tribute to the, the guy. <laughs> like, so I think, I don't know why I just, it like, it just makes me laugh so much. And yeah. um, like the, the different categories too. Like I, realize after that was the thing is like I stuck with these five because it kind of hit all these things like I had all the soundtracks they're all kind of like one's a different category of movie at least in mm -hmm. my brain yeah. so I was like okay this is the comedy um, that just like it it uh, came into my head first so Mighty Wind Whenever I'm out of wandering chasing a rainbow dream I often stop and think about I've never seen Where friendly folks can gather And raise the rafters high With songs and tales of yesteryear Until they say goodbye Well, there's a puppy in the parlor And a skillet on the stove And a smelly old blanket And a Navajo wolf There's chicken on the table But you gotta say grace There's always something cooking At old Joe's place Now folks come by around evening time As soon as the sun goes down some drop in from right next door and some from out of town. Pick it. It's definitely if people are fans of Waiting for Guffman or um, uh, Best in Show, it's right in mm. kind of the Christopher Guest alley. And it does sort of send up. Uh, and this is, you know, I know he's sort of, uh, the, a lot of people have, uh, you know, revealed some problematic things about him, but it's sort of the, uh, it's sending up sort of the Garrison Keeler, like mm -hmm. Prairie Home Companion, totally. uh, uh, you know, sort of vein of, you know, earnest Midwestern music that probably takes itself way too seriously, yeah. which is a great thing about music comedies is musicians take their art very seriously most of the time. And, yeah. and musical comedies do a great job of sort of disarming that and kind of bringing some humanity to it. For sure. The other thing I'll say about that is, if people like Schitt's Creek, which is you had a it had a big twenty twenty, I still have yet to watch it. Hey, I dip my toe, and I will get around to it. But I, yeah. I just I'm just aware culturally about the series finale that that you know the impact it had. But you know, See, I know have, nothing. I, I watched one episode and it like didn't click right away. So I was like, you know yeah. what? I know I will like this. Yeah. I'm sure. Well, everyone involved, like I know I'm gonna like it. Yeah. But I'm just like I just kind of want to savor it and like wait till like I have yeah, that perfect exact, time and be yeah. like I'm gonna do it now. But but if, if but if there are Shit's Creek fans listening, Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hare are are like all Christopher Guest movies play a very prominent role. And and in my mind, they are the two funniest people in the film. Oh yeah. yeah. Mitch and Mickey, like his whole character arc, like how he's just kind of like 
like kind of <laughs> just like not all there and like how he yeah. like kind of wanders off to like that like final performance spoiler like the final performance he like kind of wanders off and eventually he comes back and just with like the little rose and it's just I don't know why like he <laughs> yeah. just and he's like so sweet and earnest yeah. but it's, it's exactly like what you were saying like he just has no idea how to act, actually express himself or like yeah. what he's thinking or feeling but which if you spend enough time with of some musicians it's really like that <laughs> a lot of them you take the I mean, guitar maybe, out of maybe your maybe I feel yeah. fortunate where like kind of a lot of the musicians I've worked with are like fairly healthy and like yeah. Good, yeah. Got, got a good head on <laughs> on their shoulders but but yeah <laughs> so all right mighty win a great pick i actually have i, I kind of cheated on this one a little andy because i have two How that are combined into one uh but there it is comedy uh and and i'm curious if either of these are on your list it's wayne's world and wayne's world 2 uh, oh, that was literally if you look at my list i have my five and then i, I had um, a sixth one which was high fidelity which i don't know if that's on your list oh and then yeah. and then uh wayne's world is literally the one right underneath that I love both of the Wayne's World movies. Oh my gosh. I, I, when I was a kid, they were probably the two movies I saw the most. Like, I would just, if I couldn't find, remember the days you go before Netflix, you go to Blockbuster when you're a kid, your parents are like, go pick out whatever. If I couldn't find anything, I'd be like, I'll watch Wayne's World or Wayne's World 2 again. Just for because sure. I know, I know it's going to deliver. Uh, for people who are somehow unacquainted with the Wayne's World franchise, first off, they should definitely go back and watch. How dare you? B- both of them hold up very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's based on an SNL sketch, um, sort of in the leg. That was at a time when com- basically taking one funny SNL character or one funny SNL sketch and flushing out to a two-hour movie was a, a business model for movie studios. But it starts Dana Carvey and Mike Myers, sort of these two uh, goofball heavy metal heads who live in... Uh, or I think Illinois. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it many times too. Don't yeah, worry. <laughs> our Midwesterners who do basically like a public access rock and roll show from the basement. And the great thing about the, 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 both of the films, uh, the first one tells their story of like ascent to possible music media stardom. The second one, and it kind of sends up the, the, what used to kind of be the, the major model of the music industry was sort of finding young artists, whether musicians or musical talents or artists, and kind of exploiting them and, and, and kind of forcing them to kind of sell out for these, you know, kind of more nefarious industrial means. The second one really sends up music festival culture, which having been to so many music festivals, how much of a kick do you get out of watching Wayne's World 2? It's eerily accurate. Um, yeah. not, okay, not really, not really, but it's like, it's, it, there are those tropes of just like the different people at a music festival that you see or like yeah. the overzealous <laughs> security guards. Like, absolutely. Yeah. That is true. Like, so it's just so funny seeing that in like, obviously such like a silly way, but it like some of that you're kind of like, Oh yeah, well that kind of checks out. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially there's a roadie, this English guy roadie oh, yeah. who they recruit, they fly to England to get him and his name's Del Preston. And when, <laughs> when they go to his apartment to find him, he is sleeping upside down like a bat. And the reason he explains is because he learned the trick from Keith Richards and it's why Keith Richards cannot be killed by conventional weapons. It's a fantastic <laughs> scene. Here's a clip. You woke me up. How can you sleep like that? Listen, son, E.G., sleeping like this will add ten years to your life. I learned it from Keith Richards when I toured with the Stones. This may be the reason why Keith cannot be killed by conventional weapons. So, 
How can I be of assistance? Andy, the other great clip is, because this is the other thing I love about festivals, is there's there's a time, whether it's kind of in the media area or everyone goes out to dinner, where everyone kind of tells their war stories about the crazy things they've seen out on the road. Um, mm-hmm. Some of those we just can't tell on this podcast. But there's a scene in this movie that sends up that perfectly, because there's always someone who's been spending some time out on the road and things went too far. And it's only in the retelling of the story they're like, things went too far. There's a great <laughs> scene where Del Preston is telling about a time where he had to retrieve uh, uh, a jar of all brown M&Ms for Ozzy Osbourne or else he wouldn't go on stage. And it leads to a horrific crime that is totally lost on Del Preston, the the horrificness of it. We'll, we'll, we'll hear the clip, but it has the famous line, we had to beat him to death with their own shoes. <laughs> such a great line and such a great movie. Yeah. So there's me and Keith Moon and David Crosby breaking into this little sweet shop, right? Well, instead of a guard dog, they've got this bloody great big Bengal tiger. Well, I managed to take out the tiger with a can of mace. But the shop owner and his son, that's a different story altogether. I had to beat them to death with their own shoes. Nasty business, really. But sure enough, I got the M&Ms and Ozzy went on stage and did a great show. It's stuff like that with like the brown M&Ms. It's like stuff like yeah. that, like are in like bands, writers and stuff. So it's like, obviously that's pulled from yeah. a little bit of truth. Well, it's like, obviously the, the M&Ms thing is like famous. I forget who's writer it originally was in back it in the day but the it was Rolling the, Stones or something it's something like yeah. that, but it's basically they put stuff like that in there just to make sure people were actually reading everything yeah so if they walked in and saw the brown M&Ms they'd be like okay it's gonna be a good day like everything is kind of how we want it yeah you know? yeah yeah what what's the okay what's the craziest thing you've put or seen in a rider well I am never at the level where I get to put anything on a rider <laughs> <laughs> um I mean Again, I think everyone I've worked with has been fairly like normal, like yeah. sane people. Like, you should tell uh, you should tell Chris Stapleton to like, hey man, just put one bonker thing, like just some <laughs> rare fruit, like a kumquat. Just see if they can well, get one. Okay, you I, know? I will say with with Chris every now and then there'll be a bouncy castle in the back because they have kids, and so it's oh, like they'll say cool. like if they like put a bouncy castle, and so sometimes the kids will have something to like do during the day yeah. but that's, that's the only, awesome like, crazy hey thing. a family but, yeah, yeah that's a lot different than like needing right. you know like some <laughs> exotic drug or something hey a bouncy yeah. house for my kids that, well i that remember makes, too like hearing something that like rage against the machine always had clean tube socks on their rider and i'm like <laughs> that's such a good idea because like i'm sure like on tour you like lose everything and you're like yeah man it'd be nice to just have a clean pair of socks yeah <laughs> like, so. i love it that rage basically has them just running errands like just yeah. lifestyle stuff you know there are there are people at a venue called a runner and that's all they do is run errands for you all day long <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so. all right so so number five mighty wind and i had the wayne's world movies uh coming yeah. in strong with some with some really funny movies which i do feel like comedy and music movies go together so well what is your number four, Andy? My number four. Hold on, I got to dig dig the record out. Hold on, I did, I, I know I said it was number six, but I did bring the high fidelity one too. The one about vinyl, you have to bring the the record about that yeah. one. So, hold on. I, I feel like I feel like high fidelity is. You could talk for a whole podcast just about that. Oh film. my gosh! So yeah, Barry driving hey. the Uptown Five. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, number four. I went with A Star Is Born. Oh, recent, nice. Yeah, recent movie, but I just really liked this movie. I thought it was really. Well done. Um, I thought they both were really great in it. The songs are really great. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was up for a bunch of awards. 
Yeah. This in 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 my like list, this was like the drama, you know, because like yeah. like you were yeah, saying yeah. too, how like dramas um even like walk the line or um another one that was recommended that I hadn't seen yet, but I need to is Ray, the Ray yeah. Charles one with Jamie Foxx. Yeah. And it's like these like kind of knowing their stories. I'm like, I don't know if I want to sit down and like watch a whole like drama about that. Yeah. And even like with this movie, I mean, it gets dark. <laughs> like it's, it gets pretty yeah. narcissistic. Spoiler alert. Uh, yeah. Spoiler. Yeah. It gets dark. <laughs> um, but I just thought it was such a well done movie and I thought they were so good. And I just, I legitimately listened to these songs yeah. a lot when that year it came out. Um, and I even went and saw it in the theater a few times just cause I'm like, Oh, I want to hear it nice and loud. Like, cause these songs are just so good. And it was even kind of fun, like all the uh, like live stuff that they shot for the band there was like at the Greek in L.A. And I've seen like so many shows and shot so many shows there that it's like this weird, like nostalgic thing, like seeing a venue that you've been at a bunch of times, like in a movie and stuff or on TV. And I guess that's more probably unique for me than you. Yeah. Um, so that's just like, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of good. So that was my number four. Stars Ball. Uh- Hey, so real quick on A Star is Born, I yeah. think when when the movie, obviously it's a remake, that 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 uh, a version of that story has been remade a couple times over the years yeah. at different, you know, kind of generations of actors and, and, and musicians have been involved. Did you coming in, because I, I feel like everyone knew Bradley Cooper as an actor and filmmaker, felt like, okay, mm-hmm. obviously he's got some chops. Everyone knew that Lady Gaga, incredible pop singer, you know, a pretty, you know, a, a solid vocalist. But I had a degree of skepticism of can those two people who don't look like rough and tumble outlaw country musicians, can they pull it off? How skeptical were you? And then what was your reaction when you first got to see them in that, those roles? Yeah. I mean, I was, I was a little skeptical, skeptical because it's like, obviously he can act, but can he sing and she can sing, but can she act? You know? So I was like, kind of, is this going to work? But I was, I just remember like, I think I just found it like really moving like as like it kind of makes sense too because like in the in the story like she is the musician who's trying to like kind of find her legs and stuff and um or find her footing not find her legs whatever mixing metaphors because that's how much I like this movie but (laughs) like I just I thought she did such a good job at kind of like having that like naivete about like Mm -hmm. the music industry and him like kind of kind of like hurting her along and like kind of helping yeah. it out and it seeming like it came from like a, a good place. Um, and I very was pleasantly surprised how, how well he could sing and how well she could act. Yeah. Um, so I think at a certain point you just kind of, I kind of forgot that they were Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. And I was like, yeah. Oh, they're, they're in this movie. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And, and even like, I, I thought a lot of the um, kind of live footage that they shot for that, it felt like really real and like mm-hmm. really affecting. Cause it's like, I've been on stage at festivals with like thousands of people around and I got that same feeling yeah. like watching it. And I was just like, Oh dang, this is like real. Like they, they did it for real. Like this is yeah. good. Um, yeah. So 
I, I remember actually, it was maybe two years ago at Lollapalooza when Chris Stapleton played on one of the main stages and you were on stage doing, you know, mm-hmm. taking photos. And I remember bumping into you later. And even, even someone who like uh, Chris in, in the band who play at, you know, massive venues, there's something about that festival atmosphere when it is, it seems like an ocean of people, you know, at that, mm-hmm. there were probably that afternoon uh, that he played, there were probably 160,000 people watching him. A lot of them seeing along. And I remember, you, you know, seeing you after and you were like, even Chris Stapleton and, and was looking at his band, like guys soak this in. This is really cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember that day, like everyone in our like band and crew, everyone was like, that was a special one. Like that was a, that was a fun show. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm sure too, with like, uh, they're one of the like only country artists to like really play like at festivals like that, like Lollapalooza yeah. and he played Coachella. Um, yeah. And so I think I'm sure there's like kind of a, a level of like, well, well, is this crowd even going to like respond? And I think that crowd was awesome. And, and obviously like Chris and his band, like they're, they're such a great band. Um, yeah. I mean, again, I'm biased, but I, I watch them every night we're on tour and I still love it. Like they're yeah. it's like such a fun band to watch. Yeah. Um, but I just, yeah, I remember that show especially being really special and it like, it really felt like that same vibe, like watching this movie. Yeah. Great, great pick. And I'm glad there's a, a recent one in there. Mine is a little bit of a throwback. It is from 1984. I was very, I was, I was one years old when it was released, but <laughs> it's become one of my favorite movies ever. And that is, this is Spinal Tap. Uh, it is a film, it's it sort of made uh, the mockumentary style, basically a fake documentary, uh, you know, kind of brought it into kind of a new sort of prominence because it, it was a pretty big hit. And it launched sort of Christopher Guest into that world. Uh, the movie tells this, and it's and it's uh, it's Rob Reiner's directorial debut. I, I you know, oh, this, I didn't realize this, that. Yeah, I knew he this, directed it, but I didn't realize it was his first one. He followed this up with like Stand by Me, Princess Bride, When Harry Met Sally, a, good, a few Good Men. It's funny when you watch a few no namers, you know, movies <laughs> yeah. you've never heard of or seen before. But when you watch Final Tap, that guy, you know, because <laughs> yeah. it is Final Tap is not a movie that takes itself seriously at all. It is about a <clears throat> a sort of aging hair rock band from the seventies that is trying to transition, uh, into kind of the eighties and is, is having some difficulty coming to the realization that they weren't as big as they once were. And they're very, it, 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 the fun of the movie and, and kind of the running gag that works so well is how self-important each member of this band is. Um, it's also, I, I feel like Michael McKean has become one of my favorite. I love Better Call Saul. He plays uh, oh, yeah. Saul's, uh, he plays uh, uh, Saul Goodman's brother, you know, uh, in, in the series. Um, fantastic actor. But there's so many just, this is a movie that like, it is a, it is a movie. There is like a, a, a beginning, middle and end, but it's mm-hmm. really kind of a collection of hilarious scenes and it's shot as if it's a documentary, but some of the scenes that some of the scenes people might remember obviously are, you know, Christopher guests showing how his guitar amps are customized so that they can tr- crank to 11 instead of 10. Uh, but there's also some other kind of scenes in there that I feel like are underappreciated, like when they're about to play at a big stadium and they can hear the crowd chanting, but they get lost in the bowels of the stadium for an extended period of time. It is literally it is a perfect every scene. venue or every place you go to that gets referenced. <laughs> <laughs> like there was, there was, I, I remember too, it was, we were at the Grammys with Chris a few years yeah. ago, trying to find where to get in <laughs> to, to the room where he yeah. literally was just winning an award. And then, yeah. this was, this was in like the pre, the pre-show they do like kind of a, a, 
a large amount of the awards before they do the big telecast yeah. at night. Um, and we literally, I remember walking in and they were announcing his name and he had to just immediately walk down the aisle and get it. But we were like lost in the bowels of Madison square garden and like, yeah. well, I guess this is spinal tap. Like this is real. Like, but, yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's such a funny movie and it, because it also makes a, it, it also has a lot of fun with the self-seriousness of mm-hmm. goofy rock and roll and yeah. and also sort of like some of rock and rolls and I feel like this is sort of self-corrected over decades but it also uh, you know really sharply satirizes rock and roll's uglier tendencies um, uh, you know not just sort of like the consumerism of it but you know the the, the misogyny of a lot of mm. that era of of rock and roll like music. all the debauchery and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean there's a scene where a publicist is saying you can't do that because it's sexist and they're like what's wrong with being sexy like they literally <laughs> don't know the difference between sexist and sexy right. you know it also is pretty sharp culture uh, you know cultural satire as well you just bought it don't touch it I, don't well, touch I, it I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna no, touch no, it no, don't touch it. I was it. just pointing at it. I, well, don't point even. Don't it even point? Be, no, it can't be played. Never. I mean, I, Can I, I look at no, it? No. No, you've seen don't enough of that it. one. This is a top to uh, you know, what we use on stage, but it's very, very special because if you can see, yeah. the numbers all go to 11. Look, right across the board. Oh. 11, oh, 11, and most 11. And most of amps go up to 10. Exactly. Does that mean it's louder? Is it any louder? Well, it's one louder, isn't it? It's not 10. You see, most most blokes, you know, be playing at 10. You're on 10 here, all the way up, all the way up, yeah. all the way up. You're on 10 on your guitar. Where can you go from there? Where? I don't know. Nowhere, exactly. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Uh, put it up to 11. 11, exactly. One louder. Why don't you just make 10 louder and make 10 be the top number and make that a little louder? These go to 11. That, I think, more than any other movie, that's what gets referenced like to anyone like on tour about like anything music related. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like the, I know, I know in, um, Chris's last music video, the one where he he did one where it's all Lego. Did you, I don't know if you saw that music video? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and like all all his amps, like on there, they go to eleven. That's like a Spinal Tap <laughs> reference, and so yeah. it's like it's literally everywhere. Like, yeah, I, um, yeah. That's well, that's a great pick. I mean, even <laughs> even the scene where they're backstage arguing about what the snacks should actually look like, and t- you know, like everything about yeah. it is just just perfect. You know, like yeah. he can't like the the lead singer is angry because he can't make a little sandwich out of the crackers and and lunch meat because they're not shaped right, and that's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. to, you know, it's it yeah. it just nails that that kind of like diva niche of of sure. those big rock stars. <laughs> Problems with the uh, arrangements backstage. Right. 
so then it's like this, yeah. but this doesn't work because then it's all... Because it hangs out like that. <laughs> Look, yeah. would you be holding no, this? No, I wouldn't want to eat. I wouldn't want to put no. it in my mouth. All right, A, exhibit, no, right. exhibit A, right. and then we move right. on to this. Look, look, who's in here? No one. And then in here, there's a little guy. Look, yeah. so it's, it's a complete catastrophe. No, you're right. Nigel, Nigel, but <laughs> I mean, calm I don't, down. Calm down. Calm, look, it's, no, it's no big deal. I'm look, sorry. It's a joke. You know, it's really... It's, 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 a, just, it's just some crack at university, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, right, I'm it's a really, joke. It's all I don't want it to affect your performance. It's not going to affect my performance. Don't worry about it, all right? just hate it really yeah. it does well, disturb me again. but i it's rise disgusting. above it i'm a professional right? right all right so so andy we're up to number three midway through the list what do you have what do you have as your, your number three overall pick number three there is a vinyl of this i haven't got it yet because it is on my christmas list and i'm trying to be good and not buy things that i put on my christmas list which i'm notorious for doing um but i picked homecoming by beyonce um you referenced Great it one. earlier yeah yeah so I, picked, I, I brought the lemonade because i have that the lemonade okay. vinyl but um, I just I I have distinct memories of me and me and Roxy, my wife. We stayed up to watch Coachella that night just because like, they've been doing the live stream, which I think is so cool. I yeah. mean, if they're going to sell it out, like they might as well blow it up even more and do these live streams. And I remember we like made it a point where like, okay, we got to stay up and watch Beyonce. Yeah. And so we did, and I've seen her live before. Like she's incredible, and um. I even remember like that night I was tired and I'm like, ah, I, I don't know if I'm going to last this whole thing, but I just remember yeah. like every song and like everything that happened, like the production of everything was just so incredible that I remember Roxy and I were kind of like freaking out. Like, yeah, this is insane. Like she just like took this to like a whole nother level. And then obviously seeing, so the, watching it on the live Coachella stream was one thing, but then seeing the documentary kind of with everything that went into it, um, them kind of mixing back and forth between the two weeks um, for Coachella, but then kind of seeing just all the work they put into it yeah, and just like the level of like musicianship and like artistry and everything that she put, put into it. Like it seriously just like blew me away. Um, and I just thought they put that together. And especially for someone earlier, like I was saying, like how I love live music and I love shooting live shows. Like it was one of the most like visually interesting yeah. shows and things that I've seen. And even, that's just from someone who shoots shows all the time. Like I just, I was like, okay, wow. Yeah. I want to watch this like all the time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I, it was, I was talking to Roxy when we were driving around earlier and she was like, I remember that night you said, you're like, I think she is like the biggest rock star on the planet. Like, because yeah. it's like, there's, there's no one else bigger than her. And so of course she's going to like, do kind of the biggest and best music documentary. So I think in the, in my like categories that was, I'm like, okay, I at least want to pick like one kind of live thing. Yeah. Um, it was like this one and like um, the stop making sense talking heads one uh, oh, was referenced yeah. a lot as like a, a really important and big like a uh, music documentary. And that one's really good. But this one, I think just like edged it out. Um, and yeah, I just yeah. thought it was great. It really sort of uh, personifies what makes concert films like good concert films really good mm -hmm. because yeah. instead of like taking the approach of okay this is a band on tour or this is a, a, a story about the making of the new album or this is Beyonce's relationship with her father or something it's like no no this is about the preparation that goes in I mean Coachella is actually two nights I guess they, they do the two weeks but the mm -hmm. preparation that goes in for uh, essentially one performance and how can yeah. we make this something that will be immortalized forever and I think you're right I think 
her and, and the talking heads, you know, share two spots on the Mount Rushmore of all time great concert films. And you really get appreciate not just the artistry and natural talent of Beyonce, but the thoughtfulness. You know, mm-hmm. it's I feel like she's someone who it's easy. She's an artist where you can listen to her music or you can listen to her music. And this mm-hmm. that film really makes you want to really dig in and listen. When I, when I was thinking about this too, I was talking with a friend and she was saying like, you're putting homecoming in over lemonade. And I was like, like the actual lemonade movie that yeah. came out with yeah. it. And I was like, that's really good too. Like, you know, yeah. so like I was thinking about that, but it's like, I, I want to, I wanted to have like a live uh, movie on here as well. And like, again, that's the one that just came to me. She, she's an artist that I think is really like just kind of awe inspiring. And like the, like you were saying, like the thought and the care that she puts into yeah. everything. And obviously Coachella is like huge, but like to do all of this for essentially two shows. Yeah. Like, I think that's what kind of like blew my mind. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. all that's so much work and just like, like all the choreography and everything and the sets and everything that they did just for this one thing. Like it was just, it's incredible. Because you do see, as we both seen, there are some art. There are two. There are, uh, artists have different approaches to playing at a festival. Some artists are like, okay, I'm just going to play the hits and give the people what. Some are like, no, this is. It's almost like theater, you know. Uh, sure. I remember seeing. Were you were you there? Because I wasn't necessarily like the biggest uh, like Bruno Mars fan. I was really aware of him, but I was super impressed by the set he put together when he had or or like. Um, another really impressive one was like when Outcast played mm-hmm. uh, um, Lollapalooza, and it was like, okay, this is musical. This is this is a work of theater, not just yeah. performance. You know? Yeah, I remember. Um, it was when I was out with Foster the People years ago. It yeah. was that that summer when Outcast came and like headlined every festival and like yeah. came back. And I remember specifically, it was. Um, Oh God, I say specifically and then I forget the festival. It's the one that's at the Gorge in Washington. Sasquatch? Is that yeah, that, yeah, that? yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Um, Sasquatch or Bumbershoot. I always remember the two up there have the funny names. But Sasquatch is it has this like beautiful backstage area that like overlooks the whole gorge. Yeah. And Foster the People's dressing room was like right next to Outcasts. Okay. Because it was because it was Foster the People and then Outcasts that yeah. night. So we were all like freaking out. Um and I remember at, the, at that time with Foster the People, we all like got really into like smoking like pipes, like yeah. old gran- grandpa <laughs> yeah. pipes, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we were like out in this like beautiful deck, like smoking our pipes, like overlooking this beautiful sunset. And the the backstage areas are like, it's this big long building. And so each little dressing room has, it's like a little sectioned off thing. And so we, we hear... We hear Andre 3000 talking right around the corner and we were like all kind of geeking out and on his own, he like kind of came around and was like, y'all are pipe smokers, huh? Like that. And then we like talked to Andre 3000 for like a minute and we were all like, oh my gosh, like freaking out. And then of course they go up and just like, yeah, just obliterate this show, just like kill it. And like, yeah, you forget like how many songs they have and like 
how like yeah i i forget what the exact production of of that tour was but obviously it was like right when they came back so they were just like on another level yeah well a a fantastic picture i actually have a documentary in my third spot as well i really didn't want to do a lot of obscure stuff and this is definitely the most obscure one on my list but i just remember it made such an impression on me when i first saw it and and so i won't spend too much time on it because I, i i assume most people or a lot of people haven't seen it but it's a 2004 documentary called dig exclamation point have you did you ever see dig back in the day andy i have not seen dig i always see it like in lists for like music movies and stuff yeah um but yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen it. it it's it's so it, it basically kind of the, the reason that it's interesting is because it, it, it strikes a couple of interesting notes. One is it, it, it was released in 2004 filmed kind of the years prior. Um, but it tells the story of two bands that kind of had this sort of uh, friendship, sort of rivalry. They were tour together, but they were sort of on adjacent paths and one kind of blew up and had conventional radio success. The other one were kind of recognized as making really important, cool music but were just prone to self-destruction. Uh, the successful one was the Dandy Warhols, who you may have remember had mm-hmm. a, you know, a couple of radio songs back in the early aughts. And yeah. the other was the Brian Jonestown Massacre, which uh, definitely a cool band, but never one that really kind of gained significant notoriety. The right. film does such a great job of showing the competitiveness that artists can be, how competitive artists can be with each other, mm-hmm. and also how outside of their control the the stakes are like hey who had a better meeting with a, a music executive you know they have they have uh, a couple scenes that take place at uh, showcases at the viper room which are like you know that that's sort of just a thing in music it's like hey i'm mm-hmm. gonna play for some label executives at a special show at the viper room in la and one of the shows goes horribly wrong it ends with one of the band members picking up a sitar and hitting another guy with it and then biting him in the band on stage. (laughs) It was great. It was like, it was like pre uh, real housewives, like that (laughs) level of band infighting. It's like, okay, have you ever heard those stories of bands that just melt down on each other on the road? That's the movie. And it's so entertaining and weird. And I'm not saying it's the most important, but it's certainly the most entertaining. Andy, have you spent a lot of time on the road? Have you ever seen, not the, probably the bands that I have that never you, seen someone break a sitar over someone and bite them. No, I have not. <laughs> but have you ever, maybe not the bands you've worked with personally, but you spent a lot of time on the road. Have you ever mm. seen bands get to the point where they're like, okay, things are getting a little tense right now? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, definitely seen some, some heated backstage interviews. Uh, but I mean, I think it's kind of par for the course with like yeah. a group of people that travel and live together and like work together and have to deal with business with each other. It's like, that's, I think that's kind of par for the course with anyone. I mean, really like for any relationship, you kind of have to like work through stuff. And I mean, like even when I was touring with Switchfoot, I mean like John and Tim were brothers. So it's like they would have their kind of like brotherly moments where you're like, Oh yeah, you're definitely brothers. So like, obviously (laughs) they love each other and they're amazing people. But um, yeah, I think that's kind of just like a normal thing is kind of that like tension like the push and pull of yeah kind of like the dynamics of a band and like um yeah that sounds super interesting i i that's like one of those movies that i've always like seen it and seen that it exists and like even when you started i'm like i think that's not like brian johnstown's mask yeah, 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 like, yeah. I, I knew it once you started talking I'm like oh yeah yeah 
But yeah. no, I haven't seen that. But I need it, to see a that little one. obscure, but it definitely plays into that tension because I always love stories when it's like, dude, you know, you, you can watch like a Rolling Stone, you can watch like Gimme Shelter and be like, dude, mm-hmm. Mick Jagger and Keith Richards have this crazy, Kim, you know, uh, Gimme Shelter is the, the Rolling Stones concert film yeah. from the 70s. But you're like, oh, they got this crazy chemistry. And you're like, yeah, well, they haven't spoken to each other in like five years, but they're up there rocking out all day, you know? That's another one, too, that it brings up another movie that I haven't seen, but I need to. And hopefully it's not on your list but is that uh, Metallica, some kind of monster. Yes. The one where they're all in therapy together. In the studio. In the studio. And it's like, even when I was was talking with some friends, like about this podcast I was doing. And so that's what we came up. We're talking about with like other movies and stuff. And then that movie came up and um, it just sounds super interesting too. Cause that's just a whole nother type of band dynamic where like people aren't talking to each other or like suing each other. I don't even know. And so it's, um, yeah, that one sounds super interesting too. Yeah. Um, adding it to my list of ones to watch. Done, done. All right. Uh, all right. We're coming up. We're coming up. We've only got two more left each. And I have a feeling one of ours is going to cross over. I just have, I have a, a gut. very high gut feeling that one of ours <laughs> and is going to And since we're already at number two, I have a feeling it might be number one. What is your number two? And that will, I, I'll know for sure at that point. <laughs> I feel like you, every hunch you're having right now is correct. But maybe you don't know what my number two is. <laughs> okay. Um, number two this actually is a crossover for the other option that I, when I talked to you about what music oh, yeah, uh, yeah. what category we should do, I, my other category, I thought was like, we should do Pixar movies. Yeah. So I picked Coco oh, as my man. number two. I'm so glad you picked that. It's sort of cool, beautiful movie. Yeah. Up until I got married, I didn't cry very often. I know that sounds like a dig on my wife. It's not, it's more, <laughs> it's more so, more so that she just like unlocked emotions yeah, in me yeah, that yeah, I was, yeah, I I've never you, yeah. been good at expressing, you know? Yeah. So I'm sorry, Roxy, I love you, but I mean this in the most positive way, but that movie, I was sobbing like a crazy person in the theater. Yeah. Cause it's just like that scene at the end with the grandma and just how the music just kind of like unlocks something in her. Yeah. And I feel like that's such a like kind of great representation of kind of like the, the, the feeling that music can evoke in people and like, especially just how much it meant to him in the story. And like, he knew that there was something in him that like wanted to like pursue music and do music, but like everyone in his life telling him like not to do that, but it was just like in him, like he just had to do it. And just the way, obviously it's a Pixar. So you're going to like feel so many feelings while you're watching these movies. Um, but just the way that they like represented it, it with, with all the like visuals and everything, I just, it blew me away. It's, it's definitely, it, it probably would have been in my top five of Pixar movies too. So I figured it had to be in this one as well. It, it's, it's visually stunning. It's a cool audio, you know, auditory experience. And, you know, for, for people who may not be aware, it, it tells uh, it, it kind of uses Mexican sort of cultural beliefs or, or kind of, um, you know, sort of cultural lore about the afterlife and grief mm-hmm. as sort of this lens, <clears throat> excuse me, to look at this really beautiful story about a kid who wants to be a musician and, you know, has interesting to say things about creativity and grief and family. A fantastic, fantastic pick. I, I'm glad. A very sentimental pick. It's funny. Yeah. It's funny because you picked a sentimental one that's also fun, you know, yeah. that for your number two. I got a sentimental one that's also kind of fun for number two, yeah. too. Uh, uh, I I feel like we're hitting the same trajectory because we started with, you know, we both have comedies. We both have a mockumentary. We both have a documentary. Um, Well, yeah, and I had had the like comedy, a drama for Star is Born, the documentary, and then like kind of the family feel good movie. Yeah. 
was my number two. So then, and then what's what's your number two? All right, my my family feel good movie at number two. It happens to be School of Rock. Um, Ooh, that's a great one. Great it, one. It's it's a that a was on my Lin- short list of runner ups. It, it's one of the and then part of the reason I, I love Richard Linklater, who who you know did the before uh, the the I don't know if you call it the before trilogy because before Sunset, before Midnight. Anyway, it's the, the trilogy with Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Um, and then you know, Boyhood, he, of course. Bo- boyhood. Um, Days and Confused back in the day, you know, just a really cool filmmaker. But School of Rock is maybe his most commercial and kind of conventional film. Uh, yeah. Obviously, it stars Jack Black as sort of this guy who's super passionate about music, but has just kind of burned out in his career. I think we've all kind of met those dudes along the way, too, who love yeah. music, but maybe don't have the self-discipline to, uh, to kind of make it happen. Uh, but he goes and teaches essentially at a school and uses his teaching job as a way to kind of recruit kids to kind of help him in a band, but kind of rediscovers his love for music. I felt like this movie did such a good job of capturing the innocence of what it's like to de- first discover cool music, you know, totally. and, and in this case, the kids are like 10, you know, but if you're even if you were like 13 or 14, when someone gave you like a first like rad sampler of like punk rock in this movie, ACDC is sort of like the entry point for all it these like kids. unlock something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which ACDC is a freaking great band that captures a lot of the, what this movie does, which is just mm-hmm. the raw fun energy of making cool music. But yeah. it also just really nailed that. Like when you're a kid and the first time you hear like something cool not something that your parents had on or you know like mm. james Taylor. you know it's like well pop music and, and i'm not digging on, i'm not throwing down on pop music but something how they dare hear you some- shame james taylor <laughs> <laughs> if you hear something lame like james taylor <laughs> but, but it's like <laughs> but it's like oh dude this is what it can sound like and it's not just rock yeah. and roll i feel like it's that way with like hip-hop too like mm-hmm. um you know when you hear stank on you like by outcast the first time the thing that this movie reminded me of uh, a lot is uh, there's these two twins that have a YouTube channel um, and they basically the whole contract of their channel. I don't know. They're about 14 or 15 years old and they 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 do YouTube reaction videos of them. Hearing- I'm pretty sure they did one for Tennessee whiskey for Chris. Did they really? <laughs> I'm what pretty did, sure what they was did. their reaction? What was their reaction? I mean, they liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I'm, I'm, pre- I'm, I feel like I've seen the one with the, with, with twins that have, yeah, have yeah. done it. T- Tim, there are, Tim there are and, many reaction videos to Chris cause he has, yeah. is as an amazing voice, but, Oh, it's incredible. But yeah, Tim and Fred Williams, they're, they're young kids kind of discovering music for the first time. Oh, president Obama recently did an episode yeah, with yeah. them. Um, yeah. but, but the same kind of, uh, just earnestness that, and that kind of warm feeling you get while watching these kids hear Phil Collins hit that drum fill on in the air tonight for the first <laughs> yeah. time you yes. see in these kids when Jack Black picks up that red Gibson SG and just yeah. starts hitting those Angus Young notes you're like oh dude music's got power you know and it's a mm-hmm. fun movie it's one yeah, it's, it's so it's, funny it's one that like if if you if you turn on the TV and School of Rock was on it's probably like alright let's just go and finish this thing out you know yeah Absolutely. It's, I love to like the first thought for whatever reason, the first thought I, I have when I think of school of rock is, is it spider, the guitar player in the band in yeah. that, like the, the like other band, he does that like spin move <laughs> like at the end, and the teacher is just like freaking out. Oh my yeah. gosh. I love that yeah. movie. That's such a yeah. great thing. That, yeah. that was, that was on the list of like, I can't believe I'm not picking this movie for my, my list, but I'm so glad you picked it. I heard you in music class. You guys can really play. Why didn't anyone tell me? You. What's your name? Zach. You play the guitar? Yeah. Okay, come here. 
You ever played electric guitar? My dad won't let me. He thinks it's a waste of time. A waste of... Try this one. Okay. There's a guitar pick. And you pluck along with me, okay? If you can. Piano man, front and center. Well, hey, I feel like we're coming up with a pretty well-rounded one. Um, all right, number one, I have a. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie, dude. I'm gonna be disappointed if if you didn't pick what I. I listen. We, this is the fun of the show. There's a lot of curveballs, mm. but uh, go ahead and and reveal your number one because I'm almost certain it's my number one. Andy, what You're is your favorite? Almost certain, are you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> So, I'm even more certain now. <laughs> you're even more certain now. Well, it also works out perfectly since we both picked number one because for Almost Famous as my number yes, one pick, yeah. I have two copies of the soundtrack. Oh, one, man. The, the standard soundtrack and then the director's cut, the untitled, um, yeah. which I found at Amoeba for 30 bucks. I still have the price tag on it. Oh, um, wow. But, I mean... You can't not pick Almost Famous for number you one. You can't. You, like, you have to. Literally everyone yeah. I talk to, I would say Almost Famous. They're like, oh yeah, that, that has to be it. Like it's, it's, it's probably behind Wally again, another Pixar behind Wally. It's probably my favorite movie yeah. ever. Um, and it, I think it kind of like encapsulates all of the things we've talked about, all of the different aspects of music, kind of just like how the music makes you feel like it's just like a feel good movie. Like it's just a good movie. Like it's really yeah. well written. Obviously Cameron Crowe kind of writing from his own experiences. Um, and I think it just, it really does kind of capture what it feels like to be on tour and to work for a band. Yeah. Like yeah. The, it, it's pretty spot on. Like it works. It kind of works like that. Like in, and like how you were saying too, like at the festivals, like running into each other and stuff like, yeah, there's those moments backstage where they all run into each other and they're like, Oh, Hey, red dog, you know, yeah. like they're running into <laughs> yeah. like the different tour managers and like the different groupies and stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just such a great movie. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's it's Cameron Crowe's semi autobiographical film about his, um, you know, early beginnings i think he actually would lie about his age but uh it, you know in the film the the his sort of stand-in is a teenager who gets an assignment from rolling stone to go profile a band called stillwater which is a fictional sort of algamation of a lot of, of a lot of the like you know sort of like neil young uh you know that that kind of all the brothers i think was yeah. the band that cam and yeah. was on tour with yeah, and uh, you know, actually, the Dwayne Allman. There's a scene in the movie where the band ends up at a house party, and uh, 
I think it's Jason Lee's character, the lead singer, jumps off the roof into the pool. Uh, Dwayne, it's Almond Russell said, Hammond. It's Russell Hammond, the guitar player. Th- th- that's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, how he's a golden I? god. Remember? Yeah. How could you forget? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, that D- Dwayne Almond, the Almond brother said that actually happened to Dwayne Almond at a at a had a house party. <laughs> so a lot of it was sort of uh, taken from real stories out on the road. Uh, Kate Hudson, we can't. I can't say enough about how incredible she is. Yeah. Because the movie does a great job. It is fun. It's a coming of age story. It's a movie about music and life on the road. But it's also it hints at the dark side of fame and greed and you know without being dark you know totally. like that it, it really which is that's really hard to do you know for, for um, sure. it doesn't go like stars born territory but you yeah. certainly get glimpses at hey there is a dark side to all this excess um you know i, I started off as a as a uh, music writer primarily and even just like knowing what it's like as a young writer trying to get artists to say something interesting and am I friends with the artist or am I, if I'm friends with these guys, can I cover them objectively? Like that tension exists in, in, in all media, you know, it's, you know, if I'm creating, if I'm creating things around these guys that needs to be true and honest and interesting, can I be friends with them? That's a huge theme. But the main thing is it just, it's just a really fun movie to watch. And the Cameron Crowe's ear for picking a soundtrack is so impeccable, especially in this era. He, he was throwing all fastballs, you know, with with every pick. I I think most people remember tiny dancer, the Elton John song that plays a prominent role in the film. I have to go home. Count the headlights on the highway. You are home. Lay me down and she's so living. You have two copies of the soundtrack there. I do. Uh, real quick about like Cameron Crowe's, you know, he he's such an interesting guy. Um, you know, just kind of his take on on you know music. What what's your? Do you have a Cameron Crowe take? And you know he did Jerry Maguire. I mean, um, I, mean you know. I think he's great. Uh, I think probably one of the most like starstruck, geeked out moments. I've never met him, but I was right. I was like very close to him in the same room one time, and I like had to keep my cool. Yeah, <laughs> I was just like, that's Cameron Crowe right over there. Well, so, so um, for people. Yeah, for people that like music is a bit obviously for Jerry Maguire, which he he wrote. Yeah. Uh, they had mm-hmm. Bruce Springsteen, you know, so song played. Say anything, maybe one of the most uh, famous musical scenes of all time. You know, mm-hmm. with John Cusack with the, in your eyes and the boombox. Yeah, and then uh, uh, he directed the Pearl Jam concert documentary Twenty and uh, Roadies, which was a short lived show, but also mm-hmm. kind of had fun with with that. Uh, yeah, Cameron Crowe. Totally. That's interesting what I, was, I was at. It was at a um, Joy Williams show because she was on a few episodes of that show. Oh, on Rhodes and and, and Cameron Crowe was there, 
And I just, I just remember like geeking out so hard because I saw yeah. him and I, I didn't even go up to him because I was like, nope, not going to, not going to meet him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not going to talk to him. Too big of a deal. <laughs> too big of a deal. Do yeah. But almost yeah, it's, famous. It's because yeah. I, th- I think that movie, it, it really just like for someone who grew up like my, the first band I ever worked with and toured with was Switchfoot. Um, and I grew up listening to them. Like, yeah, I would play along to like new way to be human was like learning like playing along to those records was like kind of how I learned how to play guitar. Yeah. And so I remember when I started touring with them, it was, it was just so fun. And like, you know, some people, they say like, don't meet your heroes. Cause they're never like as cool as you think yeah. they are. And I'm like, Oh, well Switchfoot is like as nice as you think they are. And as good as you think, like they're just like the best dudes. So I think I, I always like credit them as being like the perfect band to, um, kind of help usher me into the music industry because yeah. they like treated everyone with respect. They're just like good dudes. They're a good band. Like they, they do their job well, you know what I mean? And like they treat everyone who works with them with like dignity and stuff. So it's like, I could not have had like a better kind of like coming of age experience in the yeah. music industry. So I think watching almost famous, it obviously is a good movie and everything, but it's like, it really like hits me in a different way because I think he's having this band that he has like liked for a while too. And kind of just like really kind of bringing him along into this world. Yeah. Um, it just, I mean, it, it meant a lot to me. Yeah. It's funny you say that I have one switchfoot story for my first real job in the industry <clears throat> before mm-hmm. I was into you know, before I was like a music writer, did anything kind of on the front end. I did my first summer out of college. I was asked to go to concert festivals to like promote relevant at the time, the magazine. Mm-hmm. And I ended up at Cornerstone. You know, I spent the whole summer just going from one to the next. But I was at Cornerstone, and yeah. I think it was 2005, and Switchfoot was headlining. And I ended up backstage, and I was thinking, was like, ra- was I there? But no, it was, well, it was, you might, I, you, yeah, it's I was, very I was there. It would have, I was, I was there with Switchfoot when they were headlining, but it would have been like 2007 or eight because I okay. still I graduated college in 2005. But okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. So so it was right around that time, and uh, I remember being somehow I'd gotten backstage, and I was like stressing it because I at the time I was like in charge of like making sure that every festival we were able to get enough subscriptions and sell enough T-shirts. You know how life on the road is. Like yeah. you're like, hey man, how many shirts do we sell? And I remember being stressed and just kind of talking to them. And they were like, hey, well, why don't... I, 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 this is true, man. This is how good it is. They're like, hey, why don't you go out and just do introduce us and throw some magazines out and, and T-shirts and, and you know, maybe some people... I was like, yeah, absolutely. But I'm like 21, you know? I have no experience in this at all, you know? And they're yeah. like, all right, you, you have like 30 seconds. And it was like, yeah. are you serious? And I went out on stage at Cornerstone, like main stage. Yeah. And I was like, this is blowing my... But to your point, those guys are just great dudes and it really mm-hmm. captures what you see the charm and almost famous is it's like you know these guys who are aware of their own influence and their own fame but they know how to treat yeah. people and give mm-hmm. people they, they know they can't bestow what they have on somebody but they can give them a taste you know yeah. and and they, they did a great job and i feel like almost famous really captures kind of the magic of that you know I want to. I want to go watch it again right now. I do. I, I'm like, okay, we're watching that. We're watching that tonight. Well, Andy, yeah. dude, this was so fun. Any other movies you want to uh, like? Oh, Inside Lewin Davis and 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 uh, and Oh Brother, like the Cohen Brothers. Oh yeah, Brother, oh Brother was on my short list of of other ones to think of. Um, man, I think we kind of talked about a lot of the other ones in my my uh, 
bonus list. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think we met, we mentioned all those other ones, but there's so well, many. That's that's yeah. the thing. It's like this category. There's so many to choose from. Like, I I kind of also had a hunch that we were going to have Almost Famous as number one together. I thought we yeah. were going to have more overlapping, but that's how many good music movies the, there are. Yeah, exactly. Like I well, yeah. I know we we both have like kind of a similar list, but where we we play some more is a little different. But Andy, yeah. this was so fun, man. And so, dude, people need to go follow Andy Barron at Andy Barron. They need to go check out uh, Chris Stapleton's uh, latest. And uh, they need to keep an eye out for when concerts come back because if if you haven't seen Chris Ableton live, it is an unbelievable experience. Andy, hypothetically, uh, the band's back on the road this summer. We're all we're all vaccinated. Life is we're kissing each other on the cheek. We're, we're greeting <laughs> yeah. with big with big shirtless sweaty hugs whenever we see each other. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we have that much confidence in the vaccine. Uh, uh, what is your what? Give me your 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 w- w- three sentence pitch for. For people to come see Stapleton out on the road. Oh man. Um, his voice is even better live than on the record. Um, wow. And it's just such a fun show. Like the songs are great. Um, it's always a fun group of people. They're always, they're ready to have some fun. Um, and yeah, I don't even need the third sentence. That's how there you just, go. he's there good. You go. And I can attest. He's a fantastic yeah. live show. Oh yeah. You Andy. saw that. You, did you, you saw him at Lollapalooza and then have you, have you seen him I, again or is it just that? No, that's the only time I really want to see him in like a smaller. You were, mm-hmm. It's funny. Years ago, you came through town. and I think he was playing at the amphitheater here and you text me. He's like, hey, man, I get you in. And I had some obligation and I've regretted it ever since. Like yeah, I talked about my, my, me and my wife talk about it. We're like, <laughs> remember when Andy came through town and we could have gone to Stapleton. But next time I will not make that mistake again. Next so, time. And we'll yeah. we will shirtless kiss. That's as right. we greet just, each other. <laughs> that's what <laughs> that, we're going to do. That got way that's more what, weird. That got way more weird than I did. Listen, that's what 2021 is going to be. It's just <laughs> a lot of physical, you know, just closeness. And that's, yes. hey, we've been cooped up. We've both been yeah. cooped up a long time. You know, yeah. let's get out there. So, Andy, yeah. this was a blast, man. Thanks, dude. Dude, thank you. All right, everyone, that is it for this episode of Listed on the Ironclad Content Network. Hey, if you like the show, I know every podcast has to do it, but it really does help. If you like the show, leave a rating and review. I really appreciate it. All right, guys, we'll see you next time.